Hi, everybody. It's Rob Reed of PlayerTrack.com and BaseballGeeks.com. This is the first podcast that will be incorporating both of those websites, chock full of an interview and some statistics for you. Just before you were thinking, Rob is abandoning us again. No, it's just been a busy month for me and getting baseball together. This is the first playertrack.com slash baseballgeeks.com podcast together. I'm working on a revamp of the baseballgeeks.com website. Continue to follow up there. If you have news links, if you keep a baseball blog, feel free to post up your links to your blog entries at baseballgeeks.com and you very well might get up on there. And could get mess uh, could get mentioned in this podcast. This podcast will combine baseball news, baseball statistics, and the player track results. I'm real excited today because I am, uh, and this is one of the reasons that I wanted to absolutely make sure I got a podcast in before the first update is done with player track for the May first update. Uh, thank you for those who have done a season pass. This is your last chance to do so for $19.99. There's a monthly update at the first of every part of the month where you can compare the best players in all of baseball. And I'm almost finished with a special standard deviation portion that I think makes the rankings a little bit better. So check it out there. If you have any questions about the playertrack.com system, they can be sent to rob at playertrack.com. My Twitter is Robert Reed. All right, I'm really excited today because I'm going to be interviewing Peter Wickander of rosterslots.com. He's asked me to participate in an experts league over there, but I'm not sure what kind of experts league it is because it's a really interesting method of playing fantasy baseball and combining the elements that we love of, say, Las Vegas and the slot machines. You'll hear more from Peter in a few moments, actually. We're going to start out the uh, the podcast with that. And I want you to check out that website, rosterslots.com. It looks real interesting. It all starts May 1st, so just a couple days. That's why I wanted to pump out this podcast I will be doing a more detailed podcast at the beginning of next month to talk about the playertrack.com results, some of the aberrations. And at the end of this brief podcast, I'm going to be looking at the American League leaders and the National League leaders making just some comments based on statistics that have already occurred after PlayerTrack does its run through at the end of this month. I'll be able to better tell you whether some of these players are for real or whether some of them are not. I have some that I really hope are for real, Casey McGahee, uh, and in particular, Kelly Johnson. If I told you at the end of April, Kelly Johnson, who had another home run today, by the way, was going to be the home run leader in all of baseball, uh, I think you would have laughed me out of the room. I did mention him in the second base, if you listen to the second second base podcast, and I got him in almost every uh, fantasy league that I'm playing in this year. And that was on purpose. Did I think he was going to have nine home runs by the end of April? No, I figured 16 at the end of the season, maybe as much as 20. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy with the results so far. But I- I'm under no delusion. I-, I don't expect it to continue. We'll talk about it more, and the peripheral certainly will help me analyze that later. For now, here is the interview that I did uh, about a week or so ago with Peter Wickander of rosterslots.com. <laughs> All right, everybody, I am interviewing Peter Wickander of rosterslots.com, which looks uh, really exciting. It's a new 
way to play fantasy sports. And I've taken a look. I've signed up. There's going to be an expert league that is related to rosterslots.com. Fortunately, Peter doesn't uh, really know that I am not much of an expert, but don't tell him. Oh, I'm sorry. He's on the phone. Um, and Peter, welcome to the Baseball Geeks podcast. Thanks, Rob. Sure. Glad and what, tell me a little bit about rosterslots.com, what it's all about. All right, well, basically, it's a, it's a casual fantasy baseball game, I'm calling it. And uh, you're going to, where you build your uh, team using a virtual slot machine. So you're spinning for players and you're evaluating players uh, three, three at a time, determining whether you want to uh, keep those three players or, or spin again. You've got a limited supply of spins uh, with which to, uh, to build your team out. Do you form daily lineups or is it weekly? How does that work? Yeah, there's, there, you get, uh, your, Lineups reset every day, and you get uh, more spins every day. Uh, the exact formula uh, is still working out, um, but right now I'm looking at uh, either 15 or 20 spins a day, depending on uh, how you sign up. And um, you've got to fill out five uh, positions. So you've got about uh, three spins per position or four spins per position, and it's just a matter of getting uh, the best lineup you can. The, the lineups reset every day, and you get those 20 spins again every day. Um, you don't need to play every day, so there's there's daily there's a daily leaderboard, there's a weekly leaderboard, um, and then there's a full season leaderboard. But there's also a daily average leaderboard. So if you only if you only uh, set a lineup three days out of the week, then you can look at that leaderboard to see you know where you placed among uh, you know what you averaged each of those three days that you logged the that you logged the score. That sounds really cool. Now the starting pitchers. If I'm spinning for starting pitchers, let's say for a given day, is every single pitcher in the database, or is it only the pitchers that may be starting that day, or how does how does that work? In that case, in that case, it'll be the probable starters for that day. So you'll have a, a smaller player pool. You know, you'll have just a 30, 30 pitcher player pool. So you should be able to get a little bit. Uh, you know, that might be a place where you might want to use some some spins to to get some of the aces. Now you're going to have to tell me how you came up with this idea because you're combining two things that I love, which is fantasy baseball <laughs> and gambling. You know, I mean, fantasy baseball is gambling, but then you don't get that feel of a slot machine. So how did you get this idea? What led to it? Yeah, well, that's sort of the idea is to sort of get something. What, what sort of led to it was just I'm the kind of guy who likes to, um, you know, just kind of turn knobs and play with buttons and things like that. So just kind of tinkering with the roster and, and is, is part of what makes fantasy baseball fun. Uh, at the same time, if you're, in a, if you're in a serious league, which I've been in some serious leagues, and it's not always the best thing to tinker with your lineup. So sometimes you just feel like you need a little bit of a release, and uh, here's a place where you can just go and uh, press some buttons and experiment with some, some new players. Um, and one of the things that, that has kind of worked out with this, with this game is that uh, a lot of other sites have been trying to kind of play with fantasy baseball to make it as popular as, as fantasy football, say. And it, there's been a lot of ways to do it, either, you know, kind of make fantasy baseball simpler or make it so that it's, you know, weekly and things like that. But I think what one of the things that this does is it kind of makes fantasy baseball more like baseball in that um, I think some of the things some of the things that people who are really into fantasy baseball like is the transactional approach where you get to make trades and, and do the waiver wire type stuff and kind of makes you feel like more of a baseball GM, stuff that doesn't happen quite as much in football or other sports. And what this is, is you're using this transactional model, which is the um, slot machine, which is in, in some ways 
the ultimate transactional model and that you, you know, kind of thing that you just feed quarters in time after time and, and pull the handle. And that's the kind of thing you get to do here is, is with your baseball team, just evaluate a bunch of different players and keep on pulling the handle. It's cool. It's kind of like it has a stratomatic feel a little bit. And also, I remember when I was a kid, I'm dating myself. In 1978, Tops. I remember they came out with this thing where, where what we would do as kids is we'd get all our cards together. We'd gather them up randomly. We'd just pick some randomly without really looking. And then in the back of each of the cards, it had like a single, double, triple or something at random of what you'd get. It's sort of like the same feeling of that. And, and I think it's a great idea. And I, I wish you all the best success with this. And I'm excited about participating in the Experts League. Now, did you design the system yourself? Yeah, it's all... Um just me right now um so i've been doing uh, i've been working on it for pretty uh, pretty solidly for about a year as, as sort of a part-time i have a full-time job but uh i've been doing this for about a year on the side uh the idea has actually been i look back in some of my uh some of my notes the idea i guess i had almost three years ago but i didn't really start developing it uh fully until about a year ago and uh then didn't have anything ready for for last baseball season but did a small Data thing, which is some friends during the Arizona Fall League season, and about 10 or 12 people playing. And then I put something together quickly for the Olympics, which was, you know, obviously somewhat different, but um, just to kind of get a little a little buzz going. And for that, actually, I had about 25 or 30 people who, who you know, not including my friends. So it, it got a little bit of uh, notice, and it actually was mentioned in a uh, Wall Street Journal article about fantasy Olympics. So. Thanks for bringing that up. I was I was going to mention that that was pretty amazing, and so you got some street cred really before you start. You can't ask for better than that. So that's fantastic. And um, what is your day job? You mentioned you had a day job. I'm a technical writer at a uh, software company in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, well, cool. So you and I both are baseball geeks and uh, tinkering geeks on the internet. I love to do that too. So it's nice to meet a fellow geek. All the way around. We are like geeks with a capital G, I would say. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So I think uh, we'll, we'll do Is there anything you want to add regarding the system? And when is the Expert League draft, if we figure that out yet? Yeah, so the Expert League is going to start up, uh, you know, May 1st with everyone else. And um, there's not going to be, one of the cool things is that there's no upfront draft or any sort of prep like that. Everyone's just going to be able to go to the site on that first day and, and start spinning for their roster. The thing that will be cool about the Expert League is I've got it set up so it's a separate, a separate kind of leaderboard where people, uh, other players can go in and see how the experts are doing. And one of the cool things, one of the additional benefits of the game is that um, some of the other players can check in on the experts and on the site you can actually track historical transactions so you can see, you know, the last hundred, for example, uh, spins that, that, that were done by anyone across the site. And what you'll be able to do with the expert league is go back in and see, you know, what the experts did in terms of who they're keeping and who they're throwing back, essentially. So I think it'll be a good way for, for other players to, to get an idea of, on a daily basis, you know, what kind of what the experts are thinking in terms of uh, who's hot and who's not. Awesome, Peter. Thank you for joining me again, folks. That is Peter Wickander of RosterSlots.com. It starts off with Major League Baseball May first, two thousand ten. Thanks for joining me, Peter, and uh, good luck with your site this year. Thanks, Rob. Well, that's my interview with Peter, a really nice guy, a really interesting website. Please check it out, rosterslots.com. Now, why, while I have you held captive right now after that amazingly captive Larry King style, well, I don't know how pointed he is with his interviews, but uh, I guess it was Larry King style where he was throwing a lot of softballs Peter's way. Uh, he's got to become a little more famous before we really care about his uh, outside shenanigans. Nonetheless... 
Let's look at some of the inside shenanigans in baseball, starting with the American League and the top batting averages that we have going right now. The top uh, 10 players in the American League, we have Robinson Cano, Vladimir Guerrero, Scott Putsednik, Justin Morneau, oh, Joe Maurer, that seems sort of familiar, Franklin Gutierrez, Miguel Cabrera, Shin Su Chu, Vernon Wells, and Ichiro Suzuki. Now, there are a lot of the, the well-known folks here, but Vernon Wells you have playing out of his gourd has slowed down uh, in the Beat the Geeks League that I'll be talking about on this podcast in the future and interviewing some of the players in there and talking about some of the moves and probably will have something, at least the guy that's in first place who has been holding first place for most of the month of April, TC, of the uh, TNT volunteers who drafted with, uh, I think, his 12-year-old. Certainly, uh, the 12-year-old knows a lot more about baseball by all uh, appearances right now than I do, being as I'm in ninth place in this, uh, I think it's 11-team league. So uh, not doing well in my fantasy leagues again. But uh, this, folks, don't panic with your fantasy. Because, you know, folks like Scott Pitsednik here hitting 365 through 19 games and 74 at-bats, it's not going to happen. Vladimir Guerrero hitting 368, it's not going to happen. But you know what? I said Vladimir was going to be better in the band box, and he will. Is he a 300 hitter? I think he very well could be. Could he hit 25-plus home runs in the band box of Texas? Absolutely. So if you got him cheap and he went late in a lot of leagues, congratulations. Robinson Cano didn't go late in most leagues, uh, not too late. Uh, he was one of the better second basemen in all of baseball last season, but 390 is not going to happen. Everyone knows that. Scott Pitsednik, you get there in Kansas City because of the possibility of stolen bases. Right now he's getting them because he's getting on base quite a bit. That's going to change. The stolen bases certainly won't. If you need a cheap source of stolen bases, Pitsednik is certainly the guy. There's no way with this batting average that he's going to be out there in any waiver wires. And I wouldn't really trade him. If I had him and I had stolen bases secured, Scott Pitsednik is a guy that I would try and dump to try and get people excited about this batting average. But it's going to fall. I'm sure that when I do the Player Track podcast and analysis next week, looking at the end of April, that Scott Pitsednik's contact rate uh, and batting average probably just uh, and batting average on balls and play are probably just absolutely ridiculous. Morneau hitting 352 is ridiculous too. Maurer hitting 346 not so ridiculous. Um, Franklin Gutierrez that's way too up there. Miguel Cabrera though I think could be the AL MVP this year. Shin Su Chu continuing his power hitting way was well, power uh, fantasy player ways. A very awesome fantasy player last season who's continuing uh, where he left off last year. Vernon Wells surprising everybody. And this isn't a contract year as far as I know. So he's finally earning the money that he got like five or so years ago. And that's good news for Toronto. What's bad news for your fantasy team if you have them? I, I really would sell high. I'm trying. It's a couple feelers I put out but in the Beat the Geeks League, but folks are too savvy. I mentioned Vernon Wells. Uh, earlier, we drafted a week in after Vernon hit, I think it was four home runs in the first week of the season, and we counted the first week of stats. So I got Vernon Wells in like the, I can't remember where it was, but it was maybe something like the 17th round or something. People forgot about him. He was way down on the list. And knowing that I could get those four home runs to start the season, well, I pulled the plug, you know, like to try and take advantage of the system there. Ichiro Suzuki is uh, could fall down there in the rankings, but he is getting some stolen bases. And uh, the batting average is up there. He is still, well, he always will be. I can't take it away from Fantasy Baseball Index Magazine. I picked Ichiro Suzuki as 
the AL player, marquee player, most likely to disappoint his owners. He certainly hasn't disappointed them just yet in the month of April. Someone else who hasn't, uh, moving on to home runs, hasn't disappointed his team and his any fantasy team that he's on, Paul Canerco, leading the American League in home runs as of this uh, start, this uh, recording of the podcast with eight. And uh, Canerco is a power-hitting first baseman. Canerco can hit 30 home runs. Um that's just a reality. What is, whether his batting average is going to be decent, it's just not going to be the case. But as long as he plays there, you know, the uh, Comiskey Park, the new Comiskey there is conducive to home runs. That's the bottom line, and he's definitely getting them. Nelson Cruz now suffering from some injury, but before that injury, seven home runs. Just a fantastic player. Player track two years ago ranked him very highly, and he's proven that that was a good ranking. There was a Twitter, a tweet, if you will, that I read before Jose Guillen kicked it in. Jose Guillen has seven home runs, but it was like, can we just bat Zach Greinke? If you check out my my Twitter, I, I retweeted it to give you an exact quote. I don't know what it is, but you can see it at, at Robert Reed. My, my Twitter is Robert Reed. And somebody was suggesting Zach Greinke playing the offense in place of Jose Guillen because it would be about the same. And right after that, Jose must have been – reading his tweets or something because he just went on a total home run tear at that point now one of the league leaders in the american league so coming back there and i'm sure that guy's eating some major crow robinson cano though six home runs uh not gonna last there andrew jones nice to see you know because i i'm an andrew jones fan when he was with the braves and he was a big home run hitter and you know i don't think he got a great chance with uh, los angeles i actually predicted last or two seasons ago when Los Angeles signed him, that I, I thought he had potential to have 30 home runs. He had come off a season where he had, if my memory serves, about 40. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen, but he's back on pace, showing some serious power there, along with Paul Canerco in Chicago. Kendry Morales continues his beautiful home run hitting ways with six for the Anaheim Angels. And Ty Wigginton, surprising all, with six. Is this a situation of like an extended spring training, like Trip Cromer from circa 1997 spring training? Could be. Wigginton is not a guy that I would rely on. Definitely a sell-high candidate. If he happens to be on a waiver wire and you need, you're desperate for power, then you got to take a gamble on a guy for this. Uh, the fact that he has six home runs right now, I'm sure, is not hidden to anybody. Uh, looking at runs batted in, the, some of the usual suspects here. Carlos Pena is tearing it up in second place with 21 RBI. And Miguel Cabrera leading the American League with 25. The aforementioned Jose Guillen, 18. Nelson Cruz, 17. Michael Kadire continuing his uh, power-hitting ways with 17 RBIs. We've got Magli Ordonez with 17. Carlos Quentin pleasing some of his owners with 17. If memory serves, I think I saw somebody complaining about Carlos Quentin. I don't have information in front of me regarding his batting average, but I think it's kind of low so far. It's going to be I, I'm waiting for, like, the Christmas. I told you that every... Player track update is like Christmas, and I'll be doing all that, uh, the statistics at the end of uh, April 30th. And you'll be able to, if you are a Season Pass subscriber, on May 1st, check out all of the results with the option to do a special standard deviation or working with the distance of the play, each of the players in each of the categories according to how far they are from the mean. I figured that would, might give us a more um, exact and accurate measurement. And uh, somebody like Prince Fielder, who is much better than he is. By the way, if anyone in any of my fantasy leagues is listening to this, they have Prince Fielder and want to get rid of him, uh, inquire within. I will take him. 
Don't sweat it. He did finally hit his first home run, and uh, he will have plenty more where that came from. So hang tight on him. Sorry to go with that aside. Stolen base-wise, I finally got wise and brought up Brett Gardner, who's leading the league with Juan Pierre, nine stolen bases. And uh, that's in the Bloomberg League, where, again, I'm not doing all that well. Rajai Davis has nine stolen bases also. I just was listening to the game against uh, the Blue Jays and Ricky Romero, where he just stole a base in the first inning. And I think he, he had a run scored there. Uh, perhaps. So he there's a three-way tie there. But Sednik up there with the stolen bases and eight. Elvis Andrus, the only reason you would have him on your squad as far as I'm concerned for those seven stolen bases. Carl Crawford running for certain. Everyone expected that. Seven stolen bases. Alex Rios with Chicago now running. Six stolen bases. Ichiro with the six stolen bases. So some of the usual suspects there. Moving on and looking at the National League and see if, if there are uh, any aberrations there offensively. We're going to look at uh, Pablo Sandoval, the Panda Bear, who is not a surprise there, hitting 373 through 83 at-bats in 21 games. I'll tell you that, that Martin Prado, though, I did not expect to see him at the end of April. This could be Emilio Bonifacio syndrome. If you remember Emilio Bonifacio, who now has been brought down to the minors, how the mighty have fallen in just a year, one of the better fantasy players in, in all of fantasy through the month of April 2009. A lot of people got on that bandwagon. Don't get on the Prado bandwagon. Is Prado a decent player? Yes. Is he this kind of 361 uh, hitter with 30 hits and 83 at-bats, scoring 11 runs? Don't hold your breath, folks. Carlos Gonzalez, though, this could be the the time where he really breaks out as a superior supreme player there in Colorado. Colorado scoring a lot of runs, getting some good pitching, and I definitely I like Carlos Gonzalez a lot. Uh, expect regression, certainly batting average, but he's going to be doing a lot of great things this year. And if you got him on your fantasy squad, especially if you got him cheap, congratulations. I like to see Benji Molina, who's got Buster Posey, you know, uh, putting some pressure on him hitting 350 through the month of April with the 60 at-bats. There's talk still about bringing up Posey. I think it's a big mistake. San Francisco's playing so well, getting such great pitching, that it just doesn't make any sense uh, to – I think they can save like a million bucks if they just hold on to Buster until June. And even then, you know, why rush a young kid when you got an old-timer catcher who is doing so very well? Uh, offensively for you. Ryan Braun up there, uh, one of my few bright spots in my Bloomberg league so far this year. And I got folks like Derek Lee in a lot of my leagues. And, you know, hang on to Derek Lee, but in fact, he went 0 for 4 today. I think his batting average is down to 186. So just really, really killing me there. Chase Headley is really uh, busting out right now in the month of April. Expect a lot of regression there. I'd say he's a good candidate if you can. Uh, to convince some folks that he can keep up a 337 batting average through the course of the season or at least uh, high 300s, don't hold your breath there. Now, moving to home runs, I mentioned before Kelly Johnson, who hit one today, nine home runs, two more than Albert Pujols, two more than Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp continuing his awesome value. Mark Reynolds is hitting his home runs as usual, and Adrian Gonzalez is doing the same. Colby Rasmus, though, appears on this list. He's got some power, got some pop up there, and a couple of those guys do. Ryan Ludwig I have on my money league team. I finally brought him up. He's been hitting some out and hitting for for average, which unfortunately, you know, I'm bringing him up too little too late. In my money league, I had Kelly Johnson sitting on the pine as well because I do have Casey McGahee and I have uh, – Chase Utley, and there really isn't a lot of room for me to put him. Once Lance Berkman came back up, I didn't think, well, there's no way that 
this is what I was thinking, Kelly Johnson could keep up that kind of power, and I expected regression. And there he goes, keep just keep going. And as I'm watching him with, I think he had two two home run games in those first three weeks, and riding him on my money league team Pine, it just was a, a sad shame. So I brought him up and uh, to see him hit a, a tenth inning home run yesterday. I think he's gotten me. Well, he got me one today. Uh, you know, it's it's um, it's paying off dividends. I'm really happy. It's one of those things I have difficulty. I can give the advice. My advice would be to sell Kelly. I just can't. He's never had more than like 16 home runs in a year. And I did say in the podcast on second baseman that he could get an uptick in power, but I expected maybe 20. And so I would not be surprised if the rest of the way he only hits 11 home runs, you know, and, and not uh, – He's going to lose a lot of value. It's going to, it's real hard for me to give him up, though, as I imagine it would be you as well. But if it, you know, just if you take my advice, my advice is to sell as high as you can on Kelly Johnson. I may try through some of the people in my league, and it may be a huge mistake. The thing is, I have Kelly, like I said, in so many leagues that if I give him up in the money league, it will hurt. But I'll have him, you know, I can brag in the other leagues that I knew that he was just going to be good, great the rest of the way. Um, I'm not holding my breath there. But Chase Utley, I, I don't think I mentioned him, also appears with six home runs here. Runs batted in. A guy who I picked as one of my sleepers last season and wished I drafted him in any of my leagues this year with his 22 RBIs is Jorge Cantu with Florida. Wow, doing very well there. Nice to see. I think we can expect some regression there. Chris Young, who I thought was going to have a resurgent year, who I didn't get in any leagues. And I, I wish that I did. 21 RBI so far. Ryan Braun, 20. Matt Kemp, 20. Mark Reynolds continuing those power ways with 20 home runs. Casey McGahee, the four mentioned, with 19. He had a grand slam the other night. That'll definitely help there. Albert Pujols with 19. Andre Ethier helping that L.A. outfield there. But they're just losing way too many games. My poor Dodgers. they got to pull it together. It's a, it's a lack of pitching, and it's really sad to watch. And Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard hitting a couple home runs, a little bit slow, certainly a lot faster and hotter than Prince Fielder. Uh, but, you know, everything will be all signs are go with Ryan Howard, especially after he signed his huge mountainous deal this past week. Congratulations to Ryan Howard. He definitely got the better end of that deal. But look, you know, Philadelphia's paying for what he's done for them, and that's two World Series appearances in a row. You know, what What, what can you say? It's uh, He's a very valuable player, one of the most valuable players in the league, I saw somebody tweeting, I think, the other day that it was it works out to about $200,000 in RBI. <laughs> that's pretty funny when you put things that way. But he's he's an amazing player and that's as uh, who strikes out a lot. You know, who knew? And Mark Reynolds is the same. Appears here in the home runs and the runs batted in. It's just the new type of player. They don't they just swing in for the fences every time they come up. And for fantasy purposes, you need those kind of guys. Andrew McCutcheon leads the way in stolen bases and um, – I'm not sure if that's a, it was really expected. People thought that he'd have some speed. That's certainly where his value is. Ten stolen bases is really nice. Michael Bourne, we know that we'd see him with nine. Rafi Furcal. Nice to see Rafael Furcal here as a Dodger fan with his eight stolen bases. He is doing everything that I wanted him to do when I drafted him last year, and he didn't do. David Wright hitting some home runs on pace for um, you know, probably 20, 25 home runs this season. So that's good. Nice to see from his 10 last year. Ryan Braun comes in with six stolen bases. Carlos Gomez, we certainly know he's the only reason you'd have a Carlos Gomez at Milwaukee's for a stolen bases. Chase Headley's running with six. Niger Morgan, of course, is running. That's why you'd have him as well. Moving on to pitching, we'll continue with the National League looking at pitching. Mike Pelfrey of the New York Yankees. 
leads the majors with a .69. Yeah, don't expect that to continue to happen. But I'll tell you, Ubaldo Jimenez, where I made a huge mistake, where I traded old Ubaldo last year to pick up, uh, I think it was Francisco, Francisco Cordero, because I was so... No, it was, it was Valverde, I think. I was so desperate for saves that I gave up a Ubaldo Jimenez, who if I had him, I'd be able to have kept him for $7 this year, and I didn't do it. And those who listen to this podcast, yeah, how great was it that I didn't keep Roy Halladay, who uh, appears on this list too with a 1.80 ERA. Could have kept him for 30 bucks. He, the bidding when it went out there was 29 bucks. And if uh, if I didn't mention it in the podcast or talk about my money league draft, and I think the money league draft happened after the last podcast, I ended up with twenty seven dollars remaining, which is horrific. And I spent two hundred thirty three dollars out of two hundred sixty dollars salary cap. Terrible, especially when the bidding went to Roy Holiday twenty nine. I could have kept him for thirty, and I could have thrown some extra money his way. Of course, he came out fairly early, so how was I going to know? But I ended up getting a lot of bargains on, and what's turned out in the month of April to be really sick, awful players. Raul Abanez is one. I was real happy I got him for five bucks, thirty four home runs last year. Has he even hit one this year? Maybe one. I'm not even sure. Um, but needless to say, he's riding my money league farm squad right now as I wait for him to come back along with Jason Kubel, who hasn't done well. Somebody's made a trade offer for me in my money league. They want to give me Dexter Fowler for Jason Kubel. And the reason that offer was come, came out is because I'm in desperate need of stolen bases. I only have BJ Upton, who has four this year so far, and he's my my team leader. And so I'm in a lot of trouble there. You can send me an email, rob at playertrack.com. Do I pull the plug on that kind of deal? I'm not, I'm a second out of ten teams in power, so I've got power, and that's without Kubel doing anything, and I do need stolen bases. The thing is Seth Smith is hot on the tail of Dexter Fowler, and the only reason Dexter is playing is because Brad Hobb hit the DL. So I'm not under a lot of delusion, but do you think that Dexter's going to have enough at-bats to be valuable? Um and at least keep a decent batting average. Write me, rob at playertrack.com, or you can write at the Dexter Fowler player profile at playertrack.com. And there's a number of uh, players that have been talked about at playertrack.com, so check out the profiles there at playertrack.com slash profile.pl. There's a link there if you go to playertrack.com. I'd like to get a lot of discussion there, and I'll generate a lot of discussion on this podcast from those uh, questions, and we'll talk about those through the course of the season. That will give me fodder to talk about as the season progresses. Now, continuing on with the earned run average, Levon Hernandez, another guy under a one ERA, looking absolutely amazing, can't maintain. Brad Penny is another one of those guys. Jaime Gonzalez, uh, sorry, Jaime Garcia, another one of those guys. Just cannot stay the same. Barry Zito actually comes in on this list. Are you kidding me? That's not going to stay the same. Tim Lincecum will remain there. Adam Wainwright will remain there. Carlos Silva, now with Chicago, is looking very good, won't stay there. Roy Halladay should stay there. The reason I didn't keep Halladay is, like I said before, I felt, I still feel there's this vibe happening. I think he's going to get hurt. And now it's just wishful thinking because every time I watch or hear about him pitching, it just gives me a terrible feeling in my stomach that I could have had him and, and I didn't. So, uh, needless to say, that $30 where I could have kept uh, Roy Halladay ended up paying for Ian Kinsler, who's coming back tomorrow. So I, I'm hoping he'll pay dividends. I paid $30 for him and $30 for Chase Utley. As I did it, I'm like, what am I doing? $60 of the sec- second base position. But having Chase Utley and Ian Kinsler, as long as Ian Kinsler will play, 
You know, that's the thing. He's coming back tomorrow. I lose him for a full month. If he'll play the rest of the way and he'll get me a 30-30 type statistic like he did last year and about the same number of at-bats are pretty close, then he's valuable. And he did have certainly a very terrible ankle injury, very terrible ankle sprain, but he had a stolen base yesterday in AAA, I think, or whatever minor league game. could have been AA. The fact that he stole a base makes me feel fairly decent about that move. Remember, the draft was before we found out the severity of, of that injury. Looking at wins, Ubaldo Jimenez with his no-hitter. Again, that made that, that $2 trade that I made last season that much worse. But five wins. Lincecum, four wins. A lot of them are going to come. Mike Pelfrey, four wins. Trade Mike Pelfrey. Kevin Correa, trade him four wins. Well, maybe don't trade him. It's nice to have a Kevin Correa who pitches in uh, you know, San Diego and Petco Park. It's great pitchers park there. Don't expect stellar stats from him, but to see wins, that's good good news there for him and, and any owners that got him very late in the game. And Roy Halladay, four, uh, four wins. The complete games, looking at those, Roy Halladay does have two. Adam Wainwright does have two as well. Those are the two looking great. And we know who Ubaldo did with his no-hitter there, the first in Colorado Rocky history. Uh, Hideo Nomo did get a, a, a no-hitter. I listened to that. I was fortunate that I was able to drive home and hear the rest of that way back when. I remember that. And that's the only one in Colorado Rocky uh, Coors Field uh, history. I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, looking at saves, Matt Caps did not expect that, leading the league with 10. Francisco Cordero was 7. Ryan Franklin was 7. Heath Bell was 6. Lindstrom was 6. Qualls with 5. Madsen with four. Brad Lidge is coming back tomorrow, so he's going to fall off. And uh, Leo Nunez with four. Brian Wilson with four. Just blew a save last night. Brian Wilson just is not as good as his statistics might indicate. I think he's going to falter. Might even be a risk to lose the job, to be honest. And looking at the American League, just moving there real quickly, and then that will be the end of this podcast, is uh, the earned run average. Francisco Liriano continuing the winter ball ways and – he was drafted so late in many leagues. I got him like as late as eighth, ninth round, uh, which I, as far as I'm concerned, for as good as Liriano was before his Tommy John injury, before that elbow ligament injury, he just was top of the pack type good there with uh, Johan Santana there in Minnesota at the time. And he's just continuing to look good. I have him in a couple leagues, feel very good. He's one of my few bright spots. Andy Pettit is a bright spot so far this year with a 1.29. John Dank, certainly 1.55 ERA. Doug Fister got asked a question uh, by one of the mainstays there at Player Track about Doug Fister. If you go to the playertrack.com website, you can see what I said. And rest assured, it isn't very good. And uh, Ricky Romero, I did pick up as a free agent in my money league. I absolutely needed him. As my pitcher started falling off like uh, wildfire, I lost uh, – I can't remember. Uh, I know that I lost Brian Fuentes, and I lost another pitcher uh, around the same amount of time, and I was desperate for a pitcher, and Ricky Romero was out there on the waiver wire doing very well. I don't know how he's doing this second. He did allow a run in the first inning against Oakland at Oakland. That wasn't very encouraging, but two strikeouts through two innings was. He's a, a great cheap source for strikeouts. He's pitching against Justin Dukesher with a 1.82 ERA before today. And uh, we have Matt Garza appearing on that list. And Clay Buckholz, good to see him up there. 
looking at saves. Ardsma, David Ardsma leads the American League with eight. Palpabon up there with seven. John Rausch looking very good at replacing Joe Nathan with seven. And Mariana Rivera with six. Valverde with six. Kevin Gregg, uh, bye-bye Jason Fraser. And he's pretty much been taken off of all of my leagues. I was fortunate in one of the leagues to get Kevin Gregg. Uh, and there's no way he's on any waiver wires anymore. Fernando Rodney was a nice stopgap for Brian Fuentes. I picked him up in the latter part, you know, after Fuentes went out. It was in that whole week Fuentes went out. I lost, the, I lost right at the beginning, could not replace that spot in my money league because of rules. And Rodney came out and got like five uh, saves in a single week and I, or four. And then I got him in the tail end when just before Fuentes came back and got one of his cheap saves. But uh, those could continue happening. Fuentes has the possibility of getting lit up. He did get lit up a little bit, um, in the, certainly in the preseason and last year for sure. It was not a solid closer guy. So I'm keeping Fernando Rodney as a, uh, an insurance just in case because he did look very good in the short stint that he had. Uh, looking at strikeouts, Jeff Weaver. Uh, sorry, Jared Weaver of the Angels, 34. Jamie Shields striking out some folks, 33. Lester has been a little shaky. A lot of people worried. PlayerTrack.com, we were talking about him and the profiles as well, but 32 strikeouts, getting those strikeouts. Felix Hernandez, we knew he would do that. Scott Lewis of Texas, not a guy that I'm excited about, but he's getting his strikeouts in addition to Sean Markham there in Toronto. Sabathia had a really, I was so angry that game one, first game of the season I'm listening to as I'm heading over to Vegas, I was heading over to the airport and uh, listening to that game, Sabathia in that game one through 85 pitches through five innings and in the fifth inning, he was real shaky and I thought, oh, there's no way Girardi's going to bring him back. Girardi brings him back and I watched CC give up just the three runs. It becomes a tie. I, I was already on the bus heading over to uh, LAX, counting my win and the decent statistics, because I think he'd only allowed one or two runs or something. I thought, all right, that's good. Girardi's got to take him out game one with 85 pitches and being shaky. It didn't happen. But since then, Sabathia's had two complete games, and I'm definitely happy about him, but I really wish that I had him. I had Ubaldo, and I had Roy Halladay. I'd be doing so much better. So that will do it for this brief little podcast here for playertrack.com and baseballgeeks.com. Look up the playertrack.com website. If you are interested in joining, it's only $4.99 for the May update, and uh, that will be coming shortly. Uh, on May 1st, and you're going to be able to see the top players in fantasy, in all fantasy baseball, through the month of April. You can compare their batting average on balls in play. They're all going to be compared against each other. I will use the batting average on balls in play, contact rate, and, and those kind of things, and strand rates for pitchers to determine who are the ones who got really lucky, who are the ones who can be stay consistent if they start tearing it up, and in particular players that are notoriously great who have been very weak who can get better, and I'm sure that Derek Lee will probably be in that list, and, and certainly Grady Sizemore is hitting sub-200. A lot of players that are very slow. Prince Fielder, aforementioned, a guy who hasn't discovered his power yet, but look at the last couple Aprils, and you know you'll, that'll make you feel a lot better if you own Prince Fielder. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob Reed of PlayerTrack.com and BaseballGeeks.com. I will see you next week with the first PlayerTrack.com update. God bless.